Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm excited to be sitting down talking to Jonathan Lerner. He's an author of a book named Lily Narcissus. And there's so much going on and excitement to me in this book that I'm really, really excited to be here with him. Hi, Jonathan. How are you today? Hi, okay, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Definitely thank you for joining me today. Can we go ahead and dive into your book? Let's do it. It's, it's a lot going on for me to where I, I just want to dig deep into it. Let's get you, tell me what your book's about first. How about that? It's the story of an American family who moved from a upper middle class suburb of Washington, D.C. in the 1950s to Taipei, Taiwan. The dad is a foreign service officer, so he's posted there in the embassy. They've never traveled outside the country before. It's 1957. It's before the age of jet airliners. It took them days mm -hmm. to cross the Pacific. And when they arrive in Taiwan, they find a completely different world because Taiwan was quite a poor country in those days. It isn't anymore. They lived on a in a house on an unpaved street that had open sewers in front. There were squatters living at the end of the street. It was quite a shock to them. They thought they were going to Taipei for one two-year tour of duty, which was sort of typical. And then what was also typical in the State Department then was you would come back for a second tour. They thought they were just going for one, but actually they fell in love with Taipei and with Asia. And the family stays in Asia for the rest of their lives and the kids grow up. This is the period when we're heading into the Vietnam War. Both of the kids get involved in the war in different ways. One becomes a Marine pilot fighting within the American forces and the other one becomes a refugee worker. It's a kind of a long saga. It takes place over a period of decades against this background of political intrigue and the Vietnam War and what to this family was the exotic quality of living in Asia. How did this come about in general before we go into the meat of your book? How did it all started? What I just said could in some ways describe my own family. My father was in the Foreign Service. Gotcha. My family, when I was nine years old, moved to Taiwan in 1957. We actually only spent one tour of two years there and came back. And actually, I've never been back to Taiwan since. Oh. <laughs> so the setting and the, the circumstances and the environment came from my own experience. And also, uh, quite a lot of the descriptive material came from letters my mother wrote back to her friends who saved the letters and returned them to us. I borrowed a lot of my mother's language and gave it to Lily, the main character of the book, describing their sort of feelings and shock and experience of arriving in this such a completely different place. But their story diverges from, I mean, it's not, it's not my family story it, because we came home, they stayed there. I wasn't in the war. I mean, it, then it becomes a totally different story. Do you saying that Lily is a main character do you only get her point of view or even though it's a family saga over decades, are there different point of views as well? Well, actually, I should say she's one of the two main characters, really. The story is told by her daughter, Lauren, now in the present. So Lauren is probably 80 years old and she's retired from her life as a as a refugee worker and she's living by herself in a condo in 
Honolulu, and she has just come back into possession of these letters that her mother sent. A family friend returns them to her, and so the the situation is that Lauren is sort of sitting alone, paging through these letters and reading her mother's description. So her mother is very present, but Lauren is also correcting and filling in blanks and questioning uh, the story that Lily is telling. So I guess you'd say there there are two main characters, and then the the brother and the father, and then some other people that they meet and get involved with while they're there. How was it writing the characters, especially Lauren, coming from what you've how you grew up, but then you're having to add more to the fictional part of it. I can't really say why did I choose to tell the story from Lauren's point of view. Why did I write it? You know, why is the narrator a woman? It just these things just kind of felt natural to me to do. Kind of manifested itself. Yeah, it came up, and um, I mean that to me is um, the great pleasure of writing fiction is that this material just comes through you. You also get to sort of steer it in whatever direction feels right. Looking back into how you spent your time in Taiwan and having to write a lot of this part in the book, how was it going back, having to pull from those memories? Well, I uncovered some memories that I had forgotten, things I hadn't remembered. You know, I, I had a lot of outside aids to my memory, not only my mother's letters, but also hundreds of slides that my father had taken photographs. Oh wow, that's amazing! <laughs> you know, which often he wasn't a very good photographer, but but they were pictures of somewhat of us and the sort of foreign service expat scene. You know, people mm-hmm. at parties, people on boating trips. But also just street scenes and vistas of mountains, and all of that brought back very vividly between my mother's words and my father's images um, what it had been like. And then you know we have the internet now. I was able to Google other people's oral histories that are online about having served in the foreign service in those years in Asia. I was able to find uh, archival images of the kinds of airplanes we flew on, the ship we traveled across the Pacific on. Oh wow. You know, so all of these things really are out there if you f- look for them and put them together, and they they jog your memory or they right. help you cre- create memories that become part of your fiction. So this book is to me, it's mainly about memories, also just like a family life. Are you done with this story? Do you feel that you want to continue for another book beyond this? Because it seems like it can almost keep digging deeper for what you haven't included in this first book. It does leave some sort of loose ends. There's some sort of unresolved oh, okay. questions. You know, was was Lily the mother really having an affair with oh. this this man who uh-huh. was obviously her close friend? Why is Lauren such a solo? person? Why is she, after all these years, living all by herself in a kind of spare, empty studio apartment? Um, Why does she seem to have no friends? I guess there could be a sequel to it. It's never occurred to me to do that. (laughs) Uh, Although, you know, I am, here's an interesting thing that I finished writing Lily Narcissus actually in 2019, and it took a long time to find a publisher. I found a publisher and it was sort of last summer, last spring and summer when I was um, making final corrections and reading the galleys and things. By then I had started another book, which is a memoir of my childhood. I was going to ask, are we going to see some of those photos, more about your experience? Yeah, you may. Childhood's memoir that I'm working on, I've, I've done a draft of it now. It isn't mainly about our time in Taiwan. It's, I mean, that's a piece of it. But the strange thing was that I was correcting the galleys for Lily Narcissus when I was 
working on the section in the memoir that is about Taiwan. In the memoir, I'm telling the real stories of my family, but I've actually borrowed a lot of anecdotes and details from my family to put into the novel. And I found myself confused about, wait a minute, which book am I in here? Did I just... <laughs> it, was, it was very um, uh, disorienting. Right. Um, so anyway, that, that was sort of, sort of the... Um, one of the fun bits of it. Kind of interesting to hear that authors go through something like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, fiction writers are always writing about things from their own experience, whether it's sort of consciously and specifically or more kind of generally, vaguely. I think we surprise ourselves, actually, with some of the, the anecdotes and, and bits that we dredge up, but that just that float up to the surface when you're not even looking for them. How did you decide the title of your book? Because seeing it as it's a family saga and it has a lot to do with Lauren, but you're naming the book after the mother, Lily Narcissus, was that was that always your intentions or it kind of gravitated toward more of that storyline instead? You know, the title just popped into my mind. I, I knew I wanted to call the character Lily and Lily Narcissus is actually the name of a flower, you know, a, a type of a Narcissus. Oh, okay. And it's that is a flower that originated in Asia. Oh, um, wow! That's a pretty obscure fact, but I ha I somehow knew that. And so, <laughs> and actually, when I first envisioned the cover of the book, I envisioned it somehow involving images of Narcissus flowers mm -hmm. in a sort of Asian motif, like maybe in a, a sort of a scroll painting or something like that. I don't know. It just uh, Lily's story is only part of the story. I feel as if the story sort of hinges on her. She's the doer, and Lauren is often commenting and sort of in her, in her own mind interacting with her mother in, in memory. To me, Lily is the sort of central main actor in the scene. Kind of almost the glue to everything else surrounding sort of, yeah, it, yeah. kind of. So let's talk a little bit about the publishing. You said it took a little bit to find a publisher. How, how was your experience? Really difficult. It's really hard to find That's a publisher. That's what I hear from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I spent about a year trying to find an agent. I approached every agent that seemed reasonable and didn't get anywhere with that. Then I tried approaching major commercial publishing houses directly. Didn't get anywhere with that. I got some, you know, encouraging letters and some apologetic letters and lots of non-responses. My sort of plan B was to go to the, the many small literary presses. There are actually, you know, dozens and dozens of them now. There's a database, the organization, the Council of Literary Magazines and Presses, I think, clmp.org, which has a database you can search for publishers that publish fiction. You know, you can filter it for different things. And out of that, I got probably 40 or 50 publishing companies to approach. Oh, and nice. I approached them all at once and eventually, finally... One of them said they wanted to publish it. And it's a very interesting press, actually. The name of it's Unsolicited Press. It's a nonprofit collective of writers who are all volunteers. So, oh, wow. And they publish quite a few books, maybe 25 or 30 a year, which is a lot for a small house to publish. They've got lots of good ideas. They understand a lot about publishing. They have real, real distribution. The book is in bookstores. They don't have any resources, really, because because they're a nonprofit and they're volunteers. So they didn't have the resources to do a big marketing campaign. And you've probably heard other writers say this too. Really, no matter who your publisher is, it's on you to do the marketing and promotion. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. <laughs> 
can you tell me a little bit more about you as an author? Well, um, I guess you'd say I'm a sort of jack of all genres. I've had a career as a magazine feature writer and magazine editor. Um, oh, I'm wow. Still, I'm still doing magazine work. Most of my magazine work has, most of it has focused on some aspect of design, either visual arts, decorative arts and interiors, uh, architecture, urban planning, and also sort of public space, natural resources. So actually for the last 10 years or so, the main magazine I write for is called Landscape Architecture Magazine. I write a lot about parks, new parks and plazas, about how cities are dealing with resource issues, about how cities are preparing for climate change. Ah, I'm so in awe. And then you shift over to your book. Like, how do you even do that? (laughs) To me, it's never been a challenge. I mean, I, you know, I've I've written nonfiction books, memoirs, novels. Actually, I've written all different kinds of magazine work, too. For a long time, I did travel writing. I was a restaurant critic for years. To me, it's just, you know, you you have posed a challenge, write about this subject. Okay. You know, I'm not a landscape architect. I have no training in it, but I'm often asked to write a story for the Landscape Architecture magazine that's about something rather technical that I don't know anything about, but that's why we have the internet. You know, I (laughs) I become very expert briefly in some, you know, obscure resource issue or something. And I deep dive into it. I interview the people who know about it. I write the story. I file the story. And two weeks later, I probably have forgotten most of it. But I guess I'm a kind of a nimble writer. But you've definitely sunk your teeth in from your time in Taiwan and to becoming Lily Narcissus, which is, I think, is brilliantly so exciting to to know. So where can we get your book, Jonathan? You can get it from all the usual online platforms. Your local bookstore may not have it in stock, but you can ask them to order it. And that would be a good thing because that will bring it to their attention. And maybe they'll order several copies, especially oh. if you encourage them to. Or you can get it directly from Unsolicited Press. It's That's unsolicitedpress.org, I believe. When you get to Unsolicited Press website, there's a tab for fiction. And you just page through until you find my book, Lily Narcissus. If you buy it from Amazon or one of those online publication uh, distributors, you know that um, Unsolicited Press is going to get a much smaller return than if you go right. directly to the press. And since we like to support nonprofits, I would urge people to go buy it from Unsolicited Press. Thank you for that. That's perfectly said, actually. This book reminds me a little bit of like the Joy Luck Club, a little bit of Middlesex along that line with Family Saga. Are you interested more into the family saga, but maybe some other settings? Are you wanting to ever shift towards something like that? Because I'm sure it was kind of challenging to write something this massive, but but I'm not a writer, so I have no idea. (laughs) You know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, Right now, I'm I'm working on the second draft of the of the childhood memoir that I talked about, which which sort of goes from my earliest memories of being two or three years old up to the time I left for college when I was 17. So it's it's just about my childhood and my adolescence. It'll probably be another year or two before I'm done with this because it takes a long time to do these things. Then what will I do next? I don't know. By then, another novel may have present itself to me. Spring but, you up, know, this, right? <laughs> but this is the third novel that I've written. They're, each one is quite different. And the, the, the settings and the like the other, the other two were not family sagas. So I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't blame you for not knowing yet. And I'm, I'm intrigued, though. And I really, really want you to come back when you are done with a memoir, because by then, I'm sure I would have read Lily Narcissus. And I really want to know more about this. So 
you don't have a choice but come back and talk to me again. (laughs) And then beyond that. So, but I want to say thank you so much for coming by today to talk about your work and even beyond this book. I want to read about Taipei in the 1950s. This is so intriguing to me. So thank you for coming by today. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to let you go and have a wonderful day. And hopefully we get to talk to you again sometime soon. Okay. Thank you, Oki. Thank you. Bye, Jonathan. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. All the other information from this episode will be in the show notes. Please support indie authors as well as indie bookstores. And of course, the other podcasts, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where me and Caddy talk about all things books and, well, her cats too. See you then. Bye.